Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the title, Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out. Possibly bleak as this. Drop Never ended up in McDonald's, and I have had a trophy in one time. Not the fourth that I played with McDonald's. Okay, hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Jesse Hour. I am your host, Daniel Soft, and we've got it feels like a little bit of a gargantuan. I don't even want to blow up the spot too much, but we got Babs. Are we saying Babs? I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad. It's been a while, man, but I tell you, I return home, man. I tell you, know what, Babs, you got fans. People saying, when are you going to be in the next pod? I see it. As a- <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just going to be like you, man. I'm just going to be like you, man. Hey, um, and representing on the main pod, always appreciate that. And then we've got Meads. What are you saying, Meads? What's happening, man? Can't, I can't complain. Yeah, I feel like the audience are going to be blessed. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Got Meads and Babs, haven't heard from you because obviously busy, but it's all good. How you doing? Yeah, honestly, been super busy, but um, I'm glad to be back. I need to talk my shit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is the gargantuans. You've got gargantuans on. But obviously, the whole cast is gargantuan anyway. But um, the good thing is we, um, we've got the gold badge. We've got the Club World Cup. That was the one that was missing. Um, and I'm feeling happy about it, but I'm not, I'm not sure I'm allowed to be happy because people like Craig Burley were saying that we're not allowed to celebrate the Club World Cup. He's supposed to be a Chelsea guy. I don't get this dynamic. But um, I'm throwing it out to you first, Babs. Like, how happy are you for this win? Or is it just like, it's just a minor? Hey, man, I'm happy, man. You, hey, listen, Linda, you got to get your drip up, man. you got to get your drip up. Is like, you, you, you can't be a big club without that gold badge. And mm-hmm. now we've finally completed it. we finally completed the, the, the trophy hole. So it's no, it's no longer first to win X, Y, and Z, but it's going to be about multiples now. You know, when we talk about the Champions League, we don't, we don't talk about the Champions League. We talk about, what, is it 2012? Is it 2021? You know, we're yeah. talking multiples. You we, know, get Premier... we get confused. Hey, we, we, we get confused. We get confused, man. Yeah. Which, 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 which one should I get confused our success, man? So yeah, obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. if there's any haters out there who, who don't understand that, hey, you're going to have to get used to it, man. You're going to have to get used to it. And the thing is, this is an exclusive club, so I don't understand why you can't celebrate being it. This is not that like, you have to win the Champions League to win. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not a baby thing. It's not, yeah. oh, we won the Europa and then we won the Super Cup. Do you know what I'm saying? So, Meads, what are your feelings on this uh, gold badge? Um, well, you you lot know I've, I've been very, very vocal about this gold badge being missing from our... Um, just, it's, it's, it's from, from Yeah, from, just from us. Yeah. Like our kit has been longing. I've been longing for that gold badge. Yeah. And obviously, after 2012, 2013 season... I thought that that would probably never happen again because I didn't actually know if we'd win a Champions League again. Such is our journey and how our journey to getting it ever came came about. Mm-hmm. So when when we didn't win it against Corinthians mm-hmm. um, and Torres was missing those sitters, um, <laughs> I thought it was game over and we'll never get the badge. But obviously under Tommy T, 
I always felt that we'd have a chance. Um, and do you know what it's done, Mike? Where people people like Greg Burley, who mm. he's just a nonsense and he's got his own agenda, but it shows um it, it one, it highlights to the quality of leagues around the world, and two, um it I think you can you can only call yourself world champions. It's not like those American sports where they call themselves world series, world champions, yeah, and they only play in American clubs yeah. from North from North America, but we're actually playing global teams that have won their respective super competitions um and yeah honestly to be honest the final was pretty difficult it was dramatic um which i liked um because i just didn't want it to be a foregone conclusion and to be fair if you look at previous finals yeah, they've really. never really been um easy wins for for the european teams yeah so yeah do we put more respect because when people talk about the brazilian league like even leagues in europe we dismiss them like yeah, most people it's like if it's not Premier League, I dismiss it. So the leagues outside, like Brazilian League, even though we get all the talent from Brazil, we struggle. Like, and to be fair, you mentioned Torres missing. I must have blotched out my memory because I can't even remember the game. But I yeah, know that totally. I expected to win that, and we lost. And yeah. even this Palmeiras game, because I looked at it, and I know as someone that obviously knows about talents coming through, I know Veron plays for um, Gabby Veron plays for Palmeiras, and obviously they've got a young player, Endrick. But I looked at the team sheet and I was like, I don't know any of you. So again, I kind of expected, even after the Al Halal game, which didn't really, I thought that we might blitz them. Yeah. But we didn't blitz Palmeiras. So the next question I want to throw to you is it more us or is it them? Is it that actually at this point, Chelsea are in a good point and that's why we're not blitzing the team? Or. Is, is it Palmeiras is good? Obviously, we don't know too much about Palmeiras, so it's difficult. But just from um, your feeling, from just from the game, um, I think it's a bit of both. I think the game they showed a lot of tactical organization and discipline. Um, their pressing was absolutely insane. Their, their pressing was insane. Um, so the, the team had to play at a super high intensity, um, which again was pretty impressive. And I felt like Chelsea kind of dominated the game mm, but th they were so good in transition they were always a threat so I think it was a bit of both obviously a, a, a fire in Chelsea that isn't necessarily quite toothless up front in the attack mm. um, would probably put them to the sword um, but they will still always carry a threat on the counter um, yeah. they're very very dangerous in that regard um, so it's a, like I said it's a bit of both I wouldn't put it all the way down to Chelsea being superior, but um, yeah, they definitely pose a threat. All right, let me throw that same question to Babs. Babs, what do you think? Is it more us, or do you think it was actually let's put some more respect? Because not just this game, obviously they beat us, and like Need said before, most of the games aren't this like yeah, eight four ones, etc. Obviously, we can think to the Santos uh, Barcelona one, but mm. what's your thoughts on it, man? I think it's it's quite reminiscent to like how we looked at ourselves, you know, last season, you know, the underdogs. You know, you, you know, you have something to prove, and I feel like that's just something that these other teams, you know, yeah. that we come into face, they they feel that 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 like moments, like this is their moments, like really show what they've got on the world stage to really prove, you know, these um guys from teams who think they're like above all, you know, like because you know how we, we all say like oh like you know X Y Z league tax, you know farmers league, all this and that, you know, you, you really have to see like the, the the small dogs as we call them, but they, they they've got quite a bite, man. They've got quite a bite, you know. We even looked yesterday, you know, Bayern versus um, Salzburg. You know, yeah. Salzburg really gave them the business. Like, yeah. they really did give them the business. And I, I thought they could, they could have even won that game. So, mm. it really does show that even, even though you, you may be the better team on paper, 
football's not played, football's not played on paper. You know, yeah. there's a lot more that goes into it than just quality. You know, a lot of people say like, "Oh, passion, merchant," but like, there's a lot of like, "Hey, passion, all of that kind of stuff." It really doesn't matter, man. It really doesn't matter. And you can see it. And you can see it in in that Palmeiras game. Like, these guys, as me said so so well, they were pressing and they pressed very well. They didn't they didn't give us like any moments that really like dwell on the ball. And it really just took like a moment of brilliance for us to really get that first initial goal, and then obviously the penalty later on. So I think we've got to give a bit more respect, you know, to these. Um, I, like I didn't want to call them smaller teams, but you know, lesser known teams. I th- I used to watch the Brazilian league, and I like this is I think needs this is one of our first conversations, our first big ones anyway. And I was like, everyone's like, oh, what name I was doing? He can't yeah. do in the Europe. I was like, you don't watch like <laughs> these guys yeah. are kicking him. That's it's not the thing. Doing it. That's the thing when we because this was 2010 11. Yeah, ah, years, time ago. got years, a time ago. Um, and I remember I definitely was one of those initially, um, because it, it definitely was just pure blatant ignorance because you have this idea and you're just seeing compilations and you're seeing him taking absolute piss, yeah, out of defenders. Um, but then there was times where I just decided to stay up and watch. I think, Dan, you told me, look, just watch a full match and you'll see. Because I think at the time, I was looking at Aguero. Um, I think it was Aguero and... Um, Pato, Pato. Between the two. Neymar, Pato and Aguero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between those three is who we should sign or who I think we should sign. Yeah. And I was always saying Aguero, Aguero, Aguero. Yeah. Um, and Dan was saying, nah, trust me, Neymar is it. Like, this is this kid is different. Yeah. Um, and then Neymar was like 17. I... Yeah, yeah, seventeen on at those times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I stayed up watching some games, and you, the brutality in a way the Brazilian teams played back then, let alone now. So even now, I would say that it's slightly less brutal, but they're still very cunning. So even against the game against Palmeiras, they were very cunning. Any little touch, they go down, yeah. and they got the free kick. They're very street smart. Um, so you have to be top, like you have to be top. For me, it's no surprise why Brazilian players are do so well in Europe, basically. Yeah, because yeah. what I was going to say is like, I think a lot of people talk about we're losing the joke of Benito Brazilians, and I think people don't kind of give the respect to the Brazilian league. Like, it's not just all skills. Like, there's tactics there, there's formations there. And I think the first time when we lost against Corinthians, there was like, Right, they had tactics. It's like, yeah, of course. And there's that, it is that ignorance, but but moving on slightly. So coming out from our form in the Premier League, we wasn't necessarily in our best form. So I was looking at it because I know at first I was saying to Babs, we should be looking forward. And Babs was like, no, let's look behind us. And to be fair, it part of it is because obviously we played so many games. So all of these teams had these games in hands that they thought they was going to win. But um, my question is, Coming away from this, I, w- I want to know whether you think it's been a good thing or a bad thing. Because we have played more games, but we have more games to play. So it might, might mean we're tired or et cetera, et cetera. But obviously we won, but it hasn't been blitz. So do you feel like this is going to be good um, for Chelsea on return? Or do you think it's going to be a bad thing? Um, personally, I think it could be good. I think it could be good, you know, going away and, you know, winning a trophy, you know, really like picking something up. I think that's like a a wonderful achievement to get coming into like a couple of games because if you look at our previous form before that you know what it was um, um three draws a loss and a win yeah. so we weren't really exactly firing weren't really exactly in the best of form and since you've since we've gone you know palace have lost lost the game and drawn two so 
I mean, it really could be like a, a nice way to, you know, like hopefully bounce back and like really push forward in the league. And not just that, but the teams that were trailing, you know, who who we who were looking as some fans said, you know, you know, games in hand, this games in hand, that they've yeah. they've dropped points, you know, they have yeah. dropped points. So it does kind of look like we are in a better position than what we were left off. So hopefully and the Kaku bag too, right? Mm. I, I don't know who that is. And <laughs> with the fact that you know, with the fact that these guys are now, you know, they're, they're coming off, you know, of, of a win, you know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, they've they've traveled together, you know, they've they've, they've bonded, you know, they've really been close. So they've won. Yeah, they've won exactly. Hopefully, this can be the, what they need to push to go on to have a strong end to the season. I I want to go back to the Kaku because he did do an Instagram post and it was like, if you have to force it, it probably doesn't fit. Very cryptic. We don't know for sure if he's talking about Chelsea. It could be about some off-brand stuff. Um, but it could be about his girlfriend. Look, it could be. It could how, be. How I see it, yeah, is that when you when you send messages like that, huh? I think it could be a double entendre anyway. Huh? So he it could mean two things. So he could be talking about one thing to make you think about another thing. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I think he knows what he's doing. He's done a few things like that, and you're just like, well, okay. Bit cryptic, but like when you said his name just a second ago, I shuddered. Like, like oh. you know what I mean? I was like, oh, we've got this problem again. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even like I'm so I'm tired of it. Like, but at the same time, he scored two goals. It's a talking point, I guess. It's just I just want him to go, man. I honestly helped us get that goal bad. You said you that you wanted, man. Yeah, he look. He gave look. Honestly, thank you so much for the goal bad. But sayonara, I'm good. <laughs> honestly, I'm good. A golden because, goodbye. Because honestly, I find it difficult for him to just not even like I, I don't really rate him as a footballer anyway. Mm-hmm. But just after the comments, I, I just. I, man, I don't, I don't, I just don't rate it. I don't rate it at all. I don't rate, I don't rate. It. I understand, I appreciate players and people having confidence in their ability and themselves, but uh, I, oh no, nah, those comments, man, that's weird. Yeah, I, man, a, a, a great, as you said, that confidence, man, a, a great, a, a great, great quote from another um, touchline member, man, and he, he said it very well. You know, don't mix your ambitions with your reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a mess. So I, I just honestly, I just want the season to be over, and hopefully, if we can shift him, then mm. great. Be- I, I don't know, and I want to ask you this question, Dan. Okay. Do you think that he could potentially improve going into the next, I guess, set of games um, for us? Do you think he could improve us in the attack? Improve, improve us in attack. For me, like, I've, I didn't want him at Chelsea in the first place, but I've still put him in my 11s just because when it comes down to it, I like goal-focused players. And this is I, this is why I didn't want him, because it's like, I don't like that idea of him in attack. But when it comes down to when I look around and I'm thinking, OK, cool, maybe Lukaku doesn't shoot as much. And I think that's an issue with us. We don't have people that pop it off. But at least with Lukaku, his conversion is better than a lot of our, our, our attackers. Yeah, And for that reason, like... And it's weird because he has, like, apart from that one game that Tuchel took him out, he has been playing. And, again, just before he got injured, he went, like, seven games without a goal. And then, after all of that debacle, he went, like, eight games without a goal. So it's not like you're guaranteed a goal with Lukaku either. But, like, away from all the fact that he doesn't press that much, a lot of his game is very static. It's like, yeah, cross the ball in and hopefully he can header it or, you know, like, he can trap it down and sw- swivel and shoot. Um, mm. the, go- the goal isn't even guaranteed, but... We don't have that many op- op- options because we, we let go of Giroud and Tammy. 
And if you look at it last season, they were the only people that was really shooting for us. And um, obviously Kai, um, Kai is like a like Lukaku in terms of, he doesn't necessarily get that many chances, but sometimes Kai will have those games where he gets a lot of chances, but his finishing isn't like Lukaku. So yeah. currently I'd have to play him, but for me as well, you play him because hopefully it's a shop window thing. And maybe even if you can't sell, you loan to Atletico because Atletico love loaning strikers for two years. <laughs> um, and may, maybe that. But I feel like really and truly we need we need goals. We need goals. So, yeah, I've always said play him. I don't... Uh, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's still that, oh, but, but yeah. What about you, Babs? Well, you, 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 you might have known my thoughts, man. You might have known... Yeah. He, he he said it well in it like you can't you can't force it at the day. Hey, if that's how you feel, you know, maybe I have to take your advice. Maybe I have to take your advice. But yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, like, I get what you mean, Dan, in terms of the fact that you know he he is this you know goal scorer on our team. But when you look at it, like, I just look at it of recent games, I just don't see the impact in, in his game. You know, like, yeah, he's scoring goals, but it's like, what more are you bring to the team? Like at the top level, as a striker, it's not just about scoring goals. You need to be bringing your team in and really like getting people involved. And 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 this is what they told me that like, this guy this guy learned to do Italy. This, this is what I was promised. Babs, we had a podcast and I told oh, you. I, you. I remember you that. I remember so well because I remember me and you were on the same page. And obviously, I, I don't watch Italy like that. So when I'm being told, you know, I didn't change. I'm like, okay, you know what? All right, you know, what? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll see. You know, what? Why, why not? I mean, you know when you watch the first game, you're like, hmm, okay, you know. Hey, Babs, can you just then, can you just boy. please specify who? Because I know <laughs> Freemium is listening. Boy, hey, hey it, it was indeed Freemium. I just want to see, we haven't seen him in a while on the pod, you know. Since, yeah, since he, Lukaku the Baku. Since Lukaku the Baku, he's not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got time to show you around that Muffy Coast still. Yeah, boy. but he doesn't want to do the pod. <laughs> it's a nasty game. But no, but um, yeah, but on, on a more serious note, I'd, I'd rather just you know just put him to the side and just try something different. You know, like yeah. I, I don't like the idea of like having a team whereby our front we're not pressing from the front. Like you look at all the top teams, they have it to an element. I don't mean like guys just running around ahead of chickens, but you see these guys actually engaging in the press and like allowing you to win the ball high up, and that and that's what was like a big part of our team. You know, last season, and it was what made us so successful, especially what? against C. And the moment we drop it, you know, is. Seemingly, you know, going going downhill. I feel like it's such a difficult situation because when it comes down to it, as Chelsea fans, we've just had to endure this so many times in terms of rather than just solely focus on let's win this game, let's try and win the league. It's all also let's try and fit in this hundred million whatever. Like let's, do you know what I'm saying? And it, it derails us so much. Whereas it's so difficult to win a league, you can't think about let's make this player work. It should just be about let's do everything we can to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one thing I do want to talk about quickly on Lukaku is because I know that there was talks about him not trying and being bad for the dressing room. I did see like in that maybe in front of the cameras anyway, he did seem like he was encouraging them, and it did seem like you know a lot of people say he's down tools, mm. but in this I don't think it's necessarily shown that he's down tools. So yeah. it looks like he's at least trying, and that's something. I feel like people are people are forcing it with that stuff, man. Like yeah. every, every day, I'm seeing like videos of like Lukaku, and it's like, come on, man! Like now, now you guys are taking it a bit too you far. Like celebrate, bro. Like I, I even remember remember the city game with like the, the shoelaces thing. Like yeah, that was bad, yeah. but Aspi did it as well. You know, like yeah. it's not it's not really like the first time you've seen players do that. But I, I just feel like when you put yourself in that situation, as I said in the main pod, you know, when when you do things like that, people everything's gonna be micronized. 
the good parts of your game, the bad parts of your game, yeah. you know, things off the field as well, like with this Snapchat, you know, like, hey, everything's going to be, I don't even know why I'm, big man like you use this Snapchat. Why do you use Snapchat? That's, 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 that's another, that's another issue. Lukaku's such a weird character. He reminds me of Kanye, but, but just quickly on moving from one big expensive, maybe Albatross to another. Well, actually, Kepa, obviously the mm. second highest expensive player, done well in the tournament. Obviously, Mendy came back after winning the African Nations to also win the Club World Cup. But um, Kepa as a backup has done well. Now, apparently there's interest in him. So, Needs, what are you saying? Do you feel like, actually, let's keep him around as a backup? Or a £72 million backup (laughs) with a seven-year contract is not something that we should really be looking to keep on our books. It's just, it's not it. He's our second most highest paid player as well. But uh, I'm sorry. Wait, he's our second? Yeah, I think he's paid. I think, no, well, now Lukaku's there. But I think he's paid. I think it's now, it's Lukaku, Kante and Kepa. Werner's on a lot. Wow. Werner's on a lot of money as well. Yeah. So they're on, they're on big money. And I'm just like, no, it don't, it don't make any sense to keep him. But that being said, he hasn't been dreadful. He hasn't been dreadful for a little while. He's been good, man. He's, He's been good. Mm. I, would hey, man, say, I, 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 I would say that goal against Man City, Mendy saves yeah. it. Mendy gets there. Confirmed. But, Confirmed. But, 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 he's been, other than that, I think he's been faultless. And even that's a bit harsh. But, yeah, I still think Mendy gets there. All right, um, so just quickly on this one, Jorginho, I think, started the first half against Al Hilal, didn't play the second half, and it almost like we lost control of the game. And I, I know in the Palmeiras game, I feel like we did dominate, but what was interesting for me is it almost seemed like Thiago Silva took up the Jorginho role. And you know when you say they count us so well, it's because before, Thiago will be deeper. But because he had to be forward for the Jorginho role, because it didn't seem like Kovacic or uh, Kante was doing it, it seemed like we was a bit more vulnerable. So my kind of question is because, like, I think we can reflect on a couple of times where I remember the Arsenal game on the Lampard, Jorginho came on at halftime, changed the game. Um, there's other examples as well where we've seen it. We've seen almost like half the game with and without Jorginho and the kind of control that he brings. Um, so my my question is, um, do, do you feel like we missed Jorginho in that final or actually we, we didn't need him? Um, yes, I, I think when watching the game, I was saying that after the, the first half, I was like, Ugh. it's not that we didn't have control. Mm. I think we kind of controlled the game, but it was just that those... Those transitions were a little bit troublesome, one. Two, I just think that the passing wasn't really incisive enough. Yeah. And it's not that Jorginho unlocked all the time, but he does try and find that ball over the top. And there were quite a few runs that I think were being missed. Mm-hmm. So, yes and no. Because I, I, I say no because Kante and Kovacic were awesome in recovering the ball. So, okay, it's, it's a bit of both for me. Yeah. Babs, what are your thoughts, Nick? I've got my thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Mm, I think it was interesting, especially the um, Al Halal game, you know, because we did um, um like give up possession a, a lot more in, in um that second half. But I don't know, man. I feel like people are like looking to a, a bit too much, man. I feel like people are looking to, to a bit a bit too much. Like I remember even like the, the Plymouth game, 
you know, just before that. I feel like we, we struggled in that in that game as well at times. You know, I had to watch the game back because I, I missed like the first half. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I feel like people are like looking a bit too much into things. I, I do feel like he plays a big role, but I don't know, man. I feel like it's, a, it's one of those things like, you know, when like a player's missing for like a, a period of time, where like fans are like, okay, this is this is def- this is definitely but the solution. This is different though, because I'm talking about games where actually we're watching the whole game and we get to see half with and half without, right? Mm. So we've seen that a couple of times. It's not like one of those things where, oh, the game's gone. It's like, actually, we would have been better. And so I'm just saying, we've seen a number of times that Al-Hilal was like one with, half with, half without. We've seen in the Arsenal game. So we we have seen games where it's like, yeah. either Jorginho started or it's ended. And we see that the team changes um, with him on. And now the only reason why I asked for the, the final is just because I feel like we found it difficult to get the ball into our attackers in that game. So I feel like, with the sideways passing it, I know everyone talks about sideways passing, but what yeah. kind of happens is it creates possession around the middle belt and it helps kind of bring the team together because I don't feel like really and truly the ball came to a Mount or a Havertz in good, like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of it was around, I think they went more wide. And so Kante and Mount and Aspi was playing on the right and etc. But through the middle, we didn't really hold good possession through the middle, specifically in like the first and second half. So that's why I just kind of wanted to ask that question. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, even like even with that, right? So, like, when when we were playing, you know, with our four strength squad, if you looked at a lot of our progression, it was coming from like our wing backs. I mean, whereas in that game, it was obviously like um, what was it? it was Cho and and Aspi. So, like, a lot of it was like coming down the left in in terms of like the build up. So, like, yeah. I, I do get that in terms of, like the ball yeah. struggling to get there. But like, even then, right? I think another problem was just like as Mead said, you know, they, they press so well and. That one the shape that they did, it actually was actually pretty smart. So that when they dropped to that four five one, they kind of like tried to like outnumber our midfield. So they yeah. tried to keep it like compact, like try and force us out wide, and yeah. it did do quite a good job. But I do get your point in terms of that, in terms of like getting the ball into the attackers, and yeah. I guess that's probably something that Tuchel's probably going to have to like think about as well because obviously you don't yeah. want to just like rely on like one player to to do that. So I didn't, I, I, didn't like, it, yeah. I didn't like our attacking performance in that game. I yeah, know like. Well. We're supposed to be the aggressors, and that's part of part of why I brought up that question is because really and truly we weren't attacking through the middle. Now, mm. I think if we were a better team, if we were the Chelsea that like was because don't forget, we won the Champions League not by playing shit football. Yeah, we, 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 well. we dominated. We dominated, yeah. We dominated and we and we played well. Um, and obviously we weren't just playing long balls or wide, we're playing through the middle of teams as well. Now I know that obviously uh Palmeiras was defensive, but Atletico Madrid were defensive too. Yep. So, so yeah, there seems to be some sort of regression as well. That obviously that is is part of the reason why our season hasn't been too good. But the next kind of talking point I want to focus on is Hudson Odoi because I feel like um, during the match a lot of people talked about his dribbling, and I think it's because he didn't beat players. Um, he did obviously create the goal, and I think actually one of the only kind of repetitive creation opportunities was Hudson Odoi's crossing into the box. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your feeling on Hudson Odoi in that game, and we'll start with me. Um, well, yeah, I was watching and obviously on the account. I was live commentating. Um, I thought his game. Yeah, I don't think he was good. Um, I don't think he was good at all. Um, I felt like um, there are times where he was pretty passive, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's something that I've been noticing in the game a lot um, over the last two and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. probably well it's developed over that period of time I wouldn't say it's been like that all over the last two years but I'd say steadily it's been becoming a bit more passive with each passing game and generally Tudson's not really a super aggressive attacker that's not really his game he's very measured 
very calculated. But the swagger in which he dribbles, the swagger in which he carries, receives the ball, mm. and then tries to beat his man isn't there. Um, and he also doesn't seem to be super confident in trying to beat people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got locked down. He got locked down a lot um, that game. And the one moment that he didn't um, is where Kovacic actually did the dribble and then fed it to him for him to then get on um, the cross with his left foot. Um, but generally, he wasn't really beating his man. I think he might have beaten once or twice the entire time he was on the pitch. Um, but other than that, he was getting clamped each yeah. and every time. So, like you said, Dan, that was probably the only avenue of creation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Hudson got it enough and he just didn't really do much with, or he didn't do enough for me yeah. with the ball. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a good game for him. But, again... He left with something. He made a difference. He made a difference. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people don't mind it. When play when there's players in the league and the players in their team or the players within our squad that have terrible games, mm-hmm. but then they make the difference with a goal or assist, whether it's from a corner or whatever. People talk about that. I don't care. He got the goal, he made the difference. But when it's for Hudson, it seems like he's not really allowed or given that um, allowance, really. Um, but I, I'm, I'm here to say, well, at the end of the day, the kid's still 21. Yeah. He's got to be inconsistent. He's yeah. going to be pretty raw to an extent, particularly after his injury. Yeah. Um, he just needs games. He needs to play. But definitely for me, from my perspective, he definitely needs to improve on a, a couple of areas. For me, most importantly, his finishing can improve, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. And his just his... his his dribbling can definitely improve. He needs to tidy it up again. Right. Um, because that, for me, I think those areas, once he gets those on, then, yeah, you probably get to see the Hudson Odoi that you all think we can we can get eventually. So Yeah. 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 So just to, before I go to Babs, just to pick you up um, off the back of that, I was saying to you um, when I was watching Sancho in Dortmund, a lot of the games was horrible. In terms of performance, it was horrible. But he would leave with something in terms of a goal or assist. And because, obviously, it's almost like the Brazil thing we talked about earlier. People weren't watching. And so the numbers came back rather than performance. And really and truly, performance is important. But when you're not performance, if you can leave with something, it's good. But I agree with you. The performance wasn't good. Um, and, yeah, since his injury, I, I would say that he was never aggressive. But at least when he decided to take people on, he would take them on, like, well. And I feel like his, like, dribble completion now is just a lot more clumsier. But... Um, who knows, maybe that can tighten up again. And I want to come to Babs. Um, so what's your thoughts on Hudson Odoi in this game, but then just in general, like, because I like to be like, to be candid, sometimes I see you kind of like forecasting what your attack is. And I, I see that without being like, and I don't want to, I don't want to bait you out, but it does seem like you're, like you're not necessarily brought into Hudson Odoi too much anymore. Am I off base in suggesting that? I think you're off base. I think you're off base. Okay. For, for me, for me personally, right, I, I look at it like this, right? So when I've watched that game mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the um, wingbacks in particular, yeah. normally when we play, you know, our tens normally tuck into the midfield and they'd also be able to like interlink with the guys yeah. that are playing yeah. that wide. But in that game, they didn't do that. No. So I wasn't exactly surprised that um he's he struggled, same yeah. for Aspie. Yeah. So like when, when people are, are watching, they're gonna get like expect to like, like magical things, you know, similar to what you did against Spurs. And I feel like that was a similar game whereby you know you see Saar, you know, who's a, who's a, who was a solid defensively, he's a solid de- defensive fullback. But when it comes to coming forward and just simply offering width or even offering the, the inside run on yeah. the underlap, 
he doesn't really do it. So it, what it ends up happening, what it ends up happening, having, having to happen doing, what it ends up having, sorry, what it ends up being doing is yeah. the winger has to completely turn his back away from the defender, receive the ball, and then do something insane. And what you're going to see from Hudson, he's going to pass it back. People are like, oh, he's doing that thing again where he passes the ball back to the defender or whatever. But then... Oh, no. I, I, I don't... I, I really don't get that. It's like, are, are you guys not watching the games? Like, the guy needs somebody to link up with. Like, this, this is football. Like, you need people to link up with. Yeah. You know, a, a, another winger that people were, were clowning, you know, last season, the season before... Was was Vinicius, you know? I I remember it like even even me, I was I was part. Of it. I was like, yeah, this this guy's an amazing guy when it comes to like one v ones. You know, he, he's a decent creator, but in terms of like finishing, he's, he's he's not it. But then you look at it right this season, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Benzema. You know, he's offered that link play with him, and then you saw against PSG when that didn't happen, he struggled. So it's it's one of those things where like as a winger, like you're gonna need to have guys that you can link up with, and yeah. when you don't have that. It's it's gonna it's just not gonna look, just not gonna look well. It's just not gonna look, not gonna look good, you know. So yeah. for me, I think people were a bit harsh in that, but not even just that. Like I don't know, I, I feel like people microanalyze him a, a bit too much, yeah. especially for a player that's not a starter. If you get what yeah. I mean, like yeah. I, I I don't know. It's, it's kind of like you're expecting, yeah, you're expecting starter things from somebody that's coming off, but. I guess it kind of comes with like how he was um perceived um, as a young talent. So I, I get that, but I, I don't know. I feel like people are doing themselves a disservice when they hold players to a standard that they themselves they believe in, you know, because then you're then you're gonna then they're just gonna be cons- consistently disappointed. It's like me expecting, you know, um Lukaku to be Lewandowski. I'm gonna I'm gonna be starving throughout for, for the kind of the year. I'm I'm gonna be struggling here. Like, what's yeah. the point? Like you gotta take what you see and judge players based off that, you know, like and, <laughs> Whether that means you think he's a super talent, or whether that means you think he's all right, yeah. then yeah, just just go with that. But th- th- just just don't do that thing where you're, you're like over expecting things, like you're, and you're wanting the world when you're not really like expecting it. If you get what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think what one thing people miss is that I know like there's been this whole campaign play Hudson doing more, but I think people need to understand like he started from nothing. Like when people said play Hudson doing more, it wasn't. He has to start every single game. Literally, he wasn't getting any starts or any starts in his position in attack. So Hudson-Odoi, when people are like, oh, he's not here, he's not ready, does he? He doesn't have to be the person starting every single game anyway. Um, but I do notice, and I feel like it's more like we'll come to Loftus-Cheek later on as well, but I do kind of see like a lack of... I feel like people are ready to end the project with certain players. And I think with Hudson-Odoi, even with creation stats, they're like, I don't want to see no more creation stats when it's like... Look, he's actually doing assists too. It's not like just per night. He's actually doing assists too. But I just feel like, um, again, with project players, people aren't really, they don't really have the appetite for it. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of bad kind of like, I think people are just done with Hudson Doyle, which I think is sad, especially as a Chelsea fan, because I know Chelsea, um, they like to, the Chelsea fans like to talk about youth and talk about and brag about Cobham, um, but they don't necessarily back it. Um, in these times, which is which is sad, but and I mean just to just to round it up, like and for a player that's not really a star, um, a player that's played left wing back, right wing back this yeah. season, um, had a decent run um, in the attack for a couple of games and got pulled out of it after um, a couple of misses. Um, he's got three goals and what six assists this season so far. Um, now that's not you know, tear, setting the world like numbers, but he's already best in his his um, numbers from last season, which is easier to do because he's playing more games. But yeah, I think people their patience. Um, when you 
It's kind of telling. It's kind of telling, really. Yeah. Their, their patience for certain players in comparison to others is pretty telling, to be yeah, perfectly we, honest. We look at Sancho, who's supposed to be the production machine, come to the league. And don't forget, this is the first season that Hudson's getting significant minutes as well in the Premier League. And you're comparing, yeah. obviously, Hudson's played wing back too. And Sancho, it's not like he's he's been getting loads. And so there's, there even needs to be patient with this guy that costs 70 million, as we see ourselves. Um, but yeah, so let's move on from Hudson Adoy. Um, and I kind of want to talk on the Zuma thing a little bit because I know we talked on it quite a lot. Um, no, in fact, we won't. What I was going to talk about is the response from the Black Chelsea fan. <laughs> but I don't want to, I don't want to uh, like annihilate him. But what I was just going to say is, and I thought maybe I wanted to talk about it is because it did happen during the week and I was disappointed with his take on it. And um, the reason why I was disappointed is because before I clicked the video, I kind of was like, oh, this is not going to be what I think it's going to be. I knew what I was getting. I knew what I was getting. And it's so disappointing because it almost kind of brings out a truth to the stereotype about a black Chelsea fan. So I don't know. I just wanted to ask, because I know, Babs, you kind of already talked about it on the main pod, but Mies, what was your thoughts on this kind of like whole defending or that the animal thing over bringing racism into it? What was your thoughts on it? Well, you don't know me. I'm an animal lover. Exactly. So yeah, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you love them. So, so, so for me, it's a bit. Um, so I look at it like this. Obviously, what Zuma did was wrong. I don't think anyone could really deny that. Um, but that's. I think you can separate the two. Yeah. Zuma being wrong in his actions is one thing, but the absolute overreaction into what he's faced. In comparison to the people who have done violent assault, um, abuse, racist racism, um, physical assault, I'm sorry, the reaction was ridiculous. Um, the suggestion, the calls for him to be sacked, but people are saying, well, with Greenwood, it's, it's, it's innocent of proven um, guilty. Fair enough, that's the law, but you can't really take the law upon yourself and demand that um, Zuma should be sacked or he should lose everything he has. I think the punishments that he's had, honestly, harsh. But that's the way that the world is right now. Everything's pretty sensitive. So he shouldn't be surprised at the fact that he's losing all of these deals. That being said, do I think that they're merited? Not really. Not really. But would I say, should I say, are they expected punishments? I'm going to say yes. Um, just because how how PC the world is now, but also at the flip side, it's like no, because people that have done worse haven't lost anything, and that's generally because you look at him and think, well, is it because he's a black man he's being made an example out of? And I think yes, I think largely the reason why he's being punished as harshly as he has been is because he is black, and I think it is racism. I think there is a racial element to it. So when you do bring up the acts of racism, like um, Antonio did, it's valid. It's, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't detract anything away from it. You have to. You have to look at it with the optics of yeah. racism. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, if you're trying to ignore that and separate that, it's a joke. It's a complete joke thing. Because look at, I like. Okay, let's put it like this. Is is what Zuma did worse than what Jamie Carragher did spitting at a young, what ten year old girl no on, in a car? Is no is it way. Worse? Is it worse? I don't think it's. I don't think it's worse. I don't think Zuma, what Zuma did was bad. 
but I do not think spitting at somebody, mm. I, I honestly think spitting at a human being, in face. A girl, that's like the biggest in the face, is outrageous. It's outrageous. But Jamie Carragher, a white man, Premier League footballer, who worked for Sky, well, he missed, what, one, two weeks? Yeah. One, two weeks of Super Sunday and Monday Night Football. One, two weeks. Then yeah. he was back after apology. Yeah. You see what I mean? And that's not, that's, that's just, what, there's so many instances. Yeah. Luis Suarez, he didn't lose his deal with um, Adidas. Yeah. He didn't lose his deal with Adidas at all. He was still playing at Adidas the, day after, uh, the, the days after. He bit, he's bitten multiple players, racist abuse. Did he lose they, they even, they even had an no. ad. They even had an ad about yeah, him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They made an ad out of it. They made on on what's it called? Um, the the Adi zeros. So I don't want to hear all this. No racism. They're separate things. Yeah. Well, not yeah. really. Because if we're talking about grotesque acts and their punishments in regards to those acts, they're not the same. You can't yeah. say they're the same. I, I, you so, know, it was very given as well. Sorry, me to, to disrupt you, but in terms of what you said about people trying to like dissociate the racism aspect from it, the fact that Chris Kirkland was so like fast to like say it's worse yeah you kind of know that subconsciously in his mind that's how he feels and and, and is there's no apology you can give to change that if you get what i mean like it's so obvious that this is what this is how you feel you know uh, you could do these apologies if you want but now we know where your minds are from a lot of people i saw their response to saying oh it's like an insult it's just take the insult do you know what i'm saying it's not as bad as kicking a cat because actually that's what i'm saying but what they don't understand (laughs) The, the whole notion, oh, sorry, sorry, Dan, but the whole notion of, oh, it's just racist words. The most people that, most racism that people face or black people face is racist words. Are you actually joking? Yeah. There's certain things such as institutional racism that you're actually seeing right in front of your face with Zuma. Yeah. That is a prime example of institutional yeah. racism. Yeah, exactly. And and But how can you say that's the most thing that you, that the only thing that black people experience? It's not. Because yeah. institutional racism is something that people face every I, single day. I feel like what One, saying, an example that Zuma is literally facing yeah. right now. Yeah, so, so it's like, crazy. I feel like what they're saying is you're punishing the insult. But what what I think they don't they don't have the perspective of is what that does when that's allowed in football. What that does away from football. Uh, like we've grown up. I've grown up in racist areas, and the type of things that people see and is made um, through words is made acceptable is what results in violence, is what results exactly. in institutional racism. So it's not just a word. Maybe for you, it's just a word, but that's because you're not affected by it. But um, I think me, I think you've done it justice in terms of covering that. And yeah, I definitely wanted your point on it because I know you love animals as well. And I thought that yeah. was, I thought, like, I thought Chelsea, I had to say something on it because I was really disappointed with um, that guy's take. But moving on, RLC is back from injury. And I kind of referenced it earlier. I feel like... A lot of Chelsea fans are just done. There's that, but then they're like, and I've seen it before. It's like, oh, he's 26, therefore he's expired. No more chances. He hasn't figured it out. What are we doing? Sell him. Um, what What's interesting for me, and I just wanted to talk about it because obviously I watched the. I think Babs, did you watch it as well? Napoli play Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and Guissa was playing. I thought and Guissa looked fantastic against Barcelona. Obviously not the same Barcelona, but and Guissa and RLC was in the same Fulham team that went down. And I know initially a lot of people didn't even want him to be part of our squad because he went down with Fulham. But this is how I feel like how quickly fans forget. Because I think a lot, if you take RLC's body of performances this season, he's shown that he's been of very good use to our squad. Yes, he had a down period, but what player in our squad don't have down periods? But for some reason, 
the down period for RLC means that now he is disposable. So I just kind of wanted to get your opinion first, Babs, uh, on RLC. Obviously, he's back from injury. Too cool for what it's worth. When he talks about RLC, he says that he holds him in the highest regard. Um, and he kind of referenced it before when people were talking about maybe him going on loan to Everton. Um, but what, what's your thoughts on RLC and how he could be useful to us? And obviously, I think his contract, maybe he's got like two years left or whatever. And so what do you see him having a future at Chelsea or do you want him to have? So we'll go for you first, Babs. Yeah, I, I, personally, I don't mind if I'm in the future at Chelsea just because I think he's like the easiest guy to have as, as like your like fourth or fifth like choice midfielder. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will have like that expectation of like starting week in, week out. So mm-hmm. having him as an option to like play like multiple roles, you know, within the team is obviously good to have. But I guess it's up to him as well, like in terms of like if he wants to take that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, if you have like Conor Gallagher, Conor Gallagher coming back in, you know, you've got Gilmore as well coming back in. It's like a question of like what happens with them as well. So I kind of get why people like where people's minds are in terms of like that situation, but I don't know. I think um, if he were to like critique his games, I'd understand it. But I feel like people are doing a thing whereby like they're kind of like, oh, you know, he's at X age, so you know the, the the goods have expired. You know, like it's 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 the thirty first of the month. You know, the bread's expired. You got to throw it out. I feel like people are kind of like doing that, and it's like, oh, you know, hey, look. You know, we got the whole meal vegan bread coming in, you know, in Conor Gallagher and, and Gilmore. So, like, you know, they have to come in. They have to replace him. But I don't know. I feel like people need to be a bit more, you know, a bit more measured and just see what Tuchel wants at the end of the day. Because personally, I wouldn't mind if he leaves. You know, I'm not really, like, as, as like, I don't really hold him to like a certain affinity. So, like I, don't, I don't really mind. But at the end of the day, it's up to what Tuchel wants in it because he's the manager and he's he's, he's, he's going to decide how the squad set out, you know, if to, to go and actually challenge on for the league. So, if he wants us to stay... I'd understand it because obviously he'd be that like fourth or fifth choice midfielder and it's easier to do that. But if he was to leave, I'd also understand it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your thoughts on the RLC situation as is needs? Well, obviously you don't know I'm a big fan of him. Um, in terms of like, I feel like, like Bab says, like it's a very, I feel like his place in the squad is very easy to manage. You know, you're not a play, he's not a player that you're going to depend on for 60 games a season because of such is his body. And I think that he recognises that to an extent. Whilst he obviously ideally wants to get to a point where he can play 50, 60 games, at this present moment in time, it's probably not feasible because his body does give out on him. And as a result, you get a player like this with his level of quality too, you don't really rely on him. And I don't think he expects that. He doesn't expect to be relied upon. But if you keep him in and around the squad, make him feel included and happy, then that's a great player to have. Those are the type of players that you kind of want to have in and around your squad. So when people, for example, I don't want to digress too much, but people talking about Dembele and saying, oh, no, he's an injury prone, injury prone. I'm like, well, if he comes for free and you don't really rely upon him and, you know, you, you get 40 games of quality from him, then why wouldn't you do it? I, I, I see the same here. Same with N'Golo Kante, same with Loftus-Cheek. Loftus-Cheek is a great player. Very, very good um, in terms of his attributes and what he can bring to the squad. And I think he's shown that this season. Um, so for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, but I think people are, again, too very quick and very excited to move on to something new. And shiny new toy syndrome is going to shine through always from some, some Chelsea fans. Um they're looking at the wrong people to shift on, in my opinion. I think yeah. 
there's far more pertinent names and people and bodies that really should be moved on ahead of players like Aloftus Cheek that isn't really eating into too many people's spaces in the squad. So, so, so let's talk about this kind of whole midfield area because I want to kind of give their side of the argument the full weight because I'm not necessarily got someone that could really express it on this because I don't, I don't, I don't know. But from talking on Twitter and from listening, it seems like the whole idea is we have one DM. And so we need to, number one, have more than one DM because apparently Jorginho is the one that's the sitter. And so we need someone else that can be the sitter. And 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 Clover can't do it. Kante can't do it. ROC can't do it. And Gallagher couldn't do it too. And then Giltmore is probably not going to be coming back. So the whole idea is we need a sitter as well um, to take the legs off of Jorginho. Um, but then also what they're saying is Kante and Jorginho, their contracts are going up. And rather than giving them a long contract to potentially avoid the thing that happens with an Oba or um, all those like Alexis, do you know those players where as soon as they hit 30, then they stop doing well? Um, so they're very hesitant to give a Kante and a Jorginho long term contracts, even though they just finished in like ranking quite high in the Ballon d'Or and, and obviously winning us the Champions League. They feel like it's the right time to move on and to bring in a Rice and Shua many. So, needs we'll go back to you then we'll bounce back to Babs so um ideally would you bring in a midfielder and if you would what profile would you bring in and and also talk about Gallagher in this answer as well um the, the thing is we've, we've this midfielder talk but it's tiring for me because I, I you know you guys know my thoughts I I'm just not really of the ilk and of the desire of spending 50 to 70 million pounds on a squad player that's not going to immediately improve us. Now, I don't, and even though I mean improve us, I mean dramatically improve us. I think our midfield's perfectly fine as it is. I think that's not really one of the problem areas that we should really be focusing on. Mm-hmm. And generally, when people talk about one DM, if we're playing a double pivot that plays as a pivot, We've got more than enough there, but like I, I, you know, I, I don't really see it as a super problem area like people suggest. Because I see Kovacic and Kante working fine as well, and I see Loftus Cheek and Kante working fine as well. I see many, I say, I see many of the pairings working pretty damn well yeah. for it to be such a talking point where people are peeling off names who should come in immediately, and we should spend X amounts of money on them. For me, it doesn't really make sense. But do I see a um, do I see um, why there's an appeal for said players? Yes, because again, people like new things. Um, Also, then they're pretty good players. I think Declan Rice is a decent player. I don't think he's a bad player at all. I think he's pretty good. Um, But is he a hundred million pound worth a player? Not for me. Tushmeni, good player. Um, Technically, very very good. Um, of the two, I'd probably be more inclined to go his way because he's slightly younger and cheaper. But again, do we need him? I'm not entirely sure. Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. Because um, I, I was talking to um, one guy who, today, he was saying that, because um, uh, I, I said that, and I've always said that Gallagher is pretty much a similar archetype to N'Golo Kante. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Gallagher will ever get to the same level in terms of ball winning as Kante. Yeah. 
but he doesn't have to be. I think like he could, he's a similar archetype, and that doesn't mean exactly the same. Yeah. But I think they play the game pretty similarly. Um, obviously, Conor Gallagher for me in front of goal is far more potent, far more confident, technically ball striking a lot better than Kante. But in terms of the aggressive nature in which he could press, win the win the ball back, recover the ball, his recovery runs, you know, his counter pressing, very similar to Kante. I don't see why I personally don't see why Conor Gallagher couldn't do a a, a role or stint in the double pivot in a bo- as a box to box. I don't see why not. I think even um, Tuchel in preseason played him there. Yeah, every yeah. time. So I'm just like when people say, "Oh no, 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 never." It's the same way with, with Loftus Cheek. When remember when Loftus Cheek we'll say double pivot for Loftus Cheek. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no way, no way. So I think this is one of them things where people just. Already, because he scores goals and people just want to write it off in their minds, but they're not really thinking about what Tuchel will do. They're just thinking in, in their minds that, oh, no, this is not right. It doesn't make sense. So yeah. it's wrong. What's, what's, what I mean? in, what's interesting is um, if we look to, obviously, Tuchel is his own man, but um, Kimmich, obviously, he's gone through his issues since COVID. And I read stories this week that Musiala is being groomed for that position. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's a kind of indication where everyone is in this country is so quick. No, you need this and you they need to be physical and they need to be ball winning. And Musiala isn't known for ball winning. But I feel like the appreciation of what someone that is good on the ball, quick thinking, good on one, two, I feel like really and truly, as much as you might want that type of player, maybe Tuchel doesn't want that type of player. We saw that Saul came in. To, to, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair to Musiala, I would say he is very, very good off the ball. But I, I, I guess I but think not, what, what you're saying in terms of like that, that, that physical profile of like that. Yeah, he's not like known for ball winning. He's not known for ball winning because what, what if I'm right, a lot of people are talking about an enforcer that mm. is to track people in the counter-attacks. That's not what you associate with Musiala's game. And the, yeah, reason why, and the reason why they're saying they're playing there is not because of that. It's because... Yeah, it's the, exactly, what we can offer on the ball. Exactly. So this is what I'm saying. And that's just obviously Nagelsmann isn't too cool. And, and Tuchel's already himself said that, yeah, actually, um, as a full rounded six, especially in the Premier League, you do need physical abilities. So it's not kind of dismissing the idea that Tuchel would like physical um, abilities on the counter, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that Saul comes in and everyone's saying, actually, Tuchel didn't want Saul. Tuchel can speak for himself. When Saul came in, Tuchel backed it. And he, t- he talked about why he um, thought that he'd be good here. So that's just, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's just too good. I feel, I feel like he, he will not, talk positively about no, play in general. Not necessarily, man. because when... when um, um, so what's the guy called again? That Isaac, when Isaac came in for Dortmund, too cool for me, to be really honest, but when Isaac came for Dortmund, he said, listen, I didn't sign this player, but he's here now and we'll make it work. I don't understand this lying too cool that people are saying and too cool will just lie and pretend that he wanted him. Like, mm. like he could say... But, but to, to play devil's advocate to that, and what Tuchel did say, he learned from other Chelsea managers. You spoke out of turn. And, yeah, but he doesn't you know, have to. But he doesn't have to. What I'm saying no, is, but, but, yeah, he doesn't he, have to go out of his way to say. I, I get. No, I, I get. But, you know, I'm just trying to offer like a, a different opinion. Yeah, but yeah, because, but then also, Babs, also, Babs, if you remember, he didn't really say that he learned from other Chelsea managers. He said he learned from his experiences. Yeah. He learned from his experiences at PSG and Dortmund. So it weren't really about other Chelsea managers. It was more about himself. Mm. He learned from himself that I need to really get on with my owners. And get on with people and maybe not be as combative. That's really him. You know what I mean? And, and like when it comes down to it, like the in the in-depth way, like it just seems a far fetch. 
the description yeah. that he went in on why he wants him as and he's talked about strategic midfielders way before yeah. Yeah. it doesn't make sense it doesn't really wash with Tuchel's words it doesn't it doesn't add up but but yeah so Babs we didn't get your opinion on it just mm-hmm. this kind of whole midfield situation because it's not bad to want someone physical in there it's not bad to want to shake up the midfield but obviously we've got Gallagher ROC the players like Kante and Jorginho who are older and experienced and obviously Kovacic who sits in that middle where actually people rate now even though initially let's not forget people didn't want to buy him for 40 million um, yeah. but now they want to sign Rice for 100 million so I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this kind of whole midfield situation because for me again like me I don't think it's really the priority like everybody makes it out to be mm. I don't know I, th- I, think, I, think it's, I think it's so weird because like, people are like oh I really have one DM but City Really, truly, really have one DM. Fernandinho yeah. barely plays. You know, yeah. you look at Liverpool; they've got you know early Fabinho, and yeah. I, I don't know. And it's weird because then you look at our midfield as well; it's a lot more flexible than um than Liverpool yeah. midfield. Because if you don't want to play Jorginho, you just play Kante and Kova, as yeah. as you guys said earlier. And then you play that. Like, and if you want to go free midfield, you just play mm-hmm. somebody a bit more advanced. So like, I, I don't know. I feel like people have like tried to like create a scenario and yeah. fit in what they want around. If that makes sense. Yeah. But. Personally, I'm not against you know a new midfielder coming if that's what Tuchel wants, but yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like people are just trying to like shoehorn their own personal ideas onto mm-hmm. Tuchel, and yeah, I don't know. Is is, is it interesting because I remember even like when, I don't know if you remember last um like season towards the end of last season, mm-hmm. we were linked to Weigel and people are like, oh no, there's no way this could be what Tuchel <laughs> yeah. wants. And then all of a sudden, what's were finally linked to Rice like oh yeah, you see, you see, we were right, and it's like yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like. And then they just got to avoid the noise and just wait to see when an actual like transfer like bid happens and like then you can go off that. But yeah. in in the meantime, now you know, people, me personally, I'm not I'm not for or against it. I like Tromeni a lot. I'm a big fan of him. If he was to come to Chelsea, I'd love it because I think he'd be perfect. Um, I, I do think one of the big things you have to do when you have like a, a signings, you got to have like a succession planning. You know, you got to allow them to be like they got to allow them to come into the squad, but not have to not have to play. If you get what I mean. Yeah. You look at like Liverpool, like um Diaz now. You know, Mane is still playing. Diaz doesn't have to play. You know, yeah. even with Fabinho, it took them like half a season. Yeah. You know, for, for them to, to really play him. So yeah. I feel like if he if he were to bring in a midfielder, if Tuchel wants it, it'll be good now. But it doesn't mean you have to now sell Cantu or Jorginho. It just yeah. means that this guy can come in, you know, <laughs> see see how it works here, you know, learn the range, you know, get comfortable in London, get comfortable in the Prem mm-hmm. and, and have to do it. Because even like if I have to liken it like to like um Remember we sold like, we sold Matic and we bought Bakayoko straight in. Yeah, and it's like you, you could see there. It's, it's like it's like you've got like two bottles, right? You've got you've got one which has hot. We've got hot water. You've got one which has cold water. Mm-hmm. You've poured the hot water. You poured the cold water in, and now you want to go have a shower. You know, you want to go win the prem. It's not gonna happen. You know, it's not gonna happen. You you, you gotta have patience. You gotta you gotta let these things manifest and, and slowly you know mix in the two. So if it was to happen, I, I don't really agree with that like idea that somebody has to be sold. If they are to be sold. So be it, but I don't know. I, I feel like people have, have this idea whereby it's like, you know, it has to be this way. It has to be this player. And if it's not this way, then Tuchel, this, this isn't what Tuchel wanted, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that because obviously you mentioned the Bakayoko thing and I, I, there's been so many players that are supposed to have come in. I remember people wanted to sell Kante for Ndombele mm. and we saw um, Leon have Ndombele and Ayor as their double pivot. Like, had... Ndombele, had we sold Kante for Ndombele, we'd have been in big trouble. And the Bakayoko thing, obviously, yes, even if we kept Bakayoko, yeah, even if we kept Bakayoko, like when it comes down to, I mean, sorry, if, even if we kept Matic, when it comes down to it, Bakayoko isn't that good a player. We've seen now Milan still don't want to buy him. 
Um, so just having that kind of insurance policy as well, even if we do bring in a player, because all exactly. these players that you think is going to come in and, and do it, it doesn't necessarily work out like that. But um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was Grosjean, because to, uh, with Gallagher as well, there's this kind of whole kind of sentiment that we may sell them to raise money. Um, and I wanted to get your take on it because for me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, we'll just get your take on that, Babs, and then we'll finish. Yeah, um, I, I kind of get why they say it because obviously you, know, you, just, you just see like a window whereby to like buy you know the big money signing. We've had to like sell like a lot of like um youth players, so I I, I do get it and I do get like the, the worries. But again, I feel like people have like now they've got the, now they've got that idea in their head. They're not going to move away from it now, you know. Like oh, you know, we're going to have to sell these guys, you know, panic stations. Oh no, no, no. But, I think it's panic stations. That's why. Yeah. So my my thing is. When it comes down to it, whether it's Gurhi or any player you're attached to, like Tamori, mm. it's not like the manager said keep him, but it's, the board said no, we have to sell him for money. Yeah. Livermento went not because Chelsea wanted to sell him, but his contract was nearly up. Yeah. So I, I don't understand this situation where, like, the only the only possible way I can see it happening is if Tuchel says actually no, I don't, I don't mind if you sell Brozo. Exactly. No, I don't mind if you sell Gallagher. But I, I don't know the situation where Chelsea wanted to keep hold of a player. And they've got all the power because there's years on the contract, but they said no. Actually, even though they're going to be good for yeah, him, like, he should just sign a new contract as well. So like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, it would have to be that Tuchel doesn't want him, and then you can't really complain about that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's just been Chelsea Hour, man. It's been good catching up with you, Babs. Me's just had to drop as well. Um, Babs holding it down on the main pod as well. Always appreciate Chelsea Fives as well. We done the first game. They had. Listen, I'm going to tell you now. They had West Ham players playing for them. They had illegal players playing for them. We were winning the game, then they got some illegal players and we drew that game. But we do have a game coming up in about two weeks as well. So if you want to get involved, please DM the Chelsea Hour account. Babs, always a pleasure. Yes. And yeah, we'll come there. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.